1: God requires of us a complete obedience. He requires of us that we lay every idol down and that we love the Lord our God with all our heart and all our soul and all our might. And Solomon didn't do this. And because he didn't do this, in time he started worshiping the idols around him.
2: That's Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Today's broadcast with Pastor Mike is entitled, The Mount of Olives, and the Mercy Seat. That's the Mount of Olives and the Mercy Seat. You can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. Before we get started, we want you to know that we believe here at Reaching Your Heart that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, please call us at any time, day or night. That telephone number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here now is our pastor-teacher, Michael Oxenteco.:
1: Dear Father God, we're not good people without a cross, without looking at that cross, without surrendering to it, without bowing down and being born again because of it. Lord, we need the Holy Spirit, not our spirit, the Holy Spirit here. Lord, no one will be in the kingdom who doesn't gather to the sweet spot, the mercy seat, and plead for it and then give it to others in life. Help us to find the place this Easter season. In Jesus' name, amen. The title of my message today is The Mount of Olives and the Mercy Seat. And you can kind of get a lot from that very title. The Mount of Olives is the east of Jerusalem, the eastern gate which will lead to the temple, the place of sacrifice for centuries. And these two mountains stand in tension because they will be the focal point in the plan of salvation. They were and they will be in the future something to remember. The Mount of Olives in the plan of God is the mercy seat. Something we often miss in our study of the Bible, something we don't really come to grips with in our personal life. We must come to this place and we must stay there and linger to have the river of life in our experience I'd like to take you back to Genesis 22 1-3 but briefly the place of sacrifice and promise we find it near the Mount of Olives when Abraham was tested by God and God said in scripture speaking here recording it through Moses after these things God tested Abraham and said to him Abraham and he said here am I now that's a good thing to say when the Lord calls to you here am I And then God said something Abraham wasn't expecting. Take your son, your only son, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I shall tell you. And so here we find a high spot, a mountain. A place of sacrifice. And it's not the son of God. It's Abraham's son who is being requested here to die on that mountain. And Abraham must be faithful to God or faithless. And he cannot explain the call with reason. But nonetheless, he is called to take his son to the place that God will show him. So Abraham rose early in the morning. He rose early because he had to. He didn't want his wife to wake up and figure out what was going on. Because she might have tried to stop him. And it says he saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him, his son Isaac, and he cut the wood for the burnt offering. I don't know if you've ever cut wood, but it's kind of hard to cut wood altogether. But if you had this weight on your back, imagine how hard it was to cut that wood that would be a burnt offering for your son. So he cut the wood for the burnt offering and rose and went to the place which God had told him. Genesis twenty two thirteen 13 to 14. As Abraham places his son upon the altar, he lifts the knife to take the life of his son. Tears rushing down his eyes. A broken man. God had given him this boy in his older years. And now he must give him back to God because all things come from God. And there can be no idol in life. Not even a son who is the gift of God. He must be surrendered on the place of sacrifice. So God is requiring. He lifts the knife... To obey God, and then the mercy of God is manifested. The angel of the Lord, the pre existent Christ, calls from heaven and says, Abraham, Abraham, now I know you fear God. To fear God means to love Him, seeing that you have not withheld your only Son from me. And so Abraham, verse 13, lifted up his eyes and looked. Behind him, there was a ram caught in a thicket. The Hebrew indicates a thorn thicket. Thorny thicket, a ram, a sacrificial offering. Caught by its horns. The horns are symbolic of power. No power caught by the thorns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering. Here's the amazing statement. Instead of his son, as a substitute, it took the place of his son. a lesson was here taught that God provides a sacrifice. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. And that's etymologically related to the word Moriah, which means the Lord will see to it. It'll happen. Moriah, the place where it is seen to, it'll happen. Now, it's interesting, the story, he lifts his eyes up. Now, if you're at the Temple Mount, which is considered to be the summit of Moriah, there is a hill, there is a place that is higher to the east. It is the Mount of Olives, the mountain. It shall be provided. Number two, the Mount of Olives is the place of King David's sorrow and rejection. Way back in the history of Israel, it was associated with the rejection of a righteous king. Absalom means the father of peace. Here was a boy who was trying to be a father for the children that David had dysfunctionally raised. And the hero child ended up being an angry child and ended up revolting against his dad, and so the royal family was broken. And finally, King David is driven from Jerusalem, and the path of sorrow leads out the eastern gate up the Mount of Olives and into the far-off wilderness to escape. Verse 29, second Samuel, 15:29, So Zadok and Abiathar carried the Ark of God back to Jerusalem. And they remained there, but David went up the ascent of the Mount of Olives. Now notice the language here, weeping as he went. It is the trail of tears for King David. Weeping as he went, barefoot with his head covered, and all the people who are with him covered their heads, and they went up, weeping as they went. The Mount of Olives, the place of sorrow and rejection. Number three, the Mount of Olives. Is the place of King Solomon's idolatry as the future. And it was also the future place of corruption and bones. It's known as a place where kings leave God. It's a place where idols take the place of faith. It's a place where bones collect. There were burial mounds all over the place and tombs in time. 1 Kings 11:5 For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the god of Sidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. So Solomon did what was... Now, we could put our name there on occasion, couldn't we? Solomon did what was what? What does it say? What was evil in the sight of the Lord. I mean, we have too, haven't we? Haven't we times in our life when we have done what is evil in the sight of the Lord and did not wholly follow the Lord? You know, sometimes you think, well, I'm a good person. You know, I do what I'm supposed to, sort of. Dear heart, God requires of us a complete obedience. He requires of us that we lay every idol down and that we love the Lord our God with all our heart and all our soul and all our might. And Solomon didn't do this. And because he didn't do this, in time he started worshiping the idols around him. It says he did not follow the Lord as David his father had done. And Solomon built a high place for Chemosh and the abomination of Moab and for Malech, the abomination of the Ammonites. Now here's the key phrase. On the mountain east of Jerusalem, that is the Mount of Olives. 2 Kings 23, verse 13. Now Josiah years later would come to the throne as a boy king. And the book of the law... Perhaps the book of Deuteronomy, that part of Moses which contains the curses against disobedience and the blessings of God if God's people should persist. That book was discovered and this young king put his head into the Bible and he discovered the will of God and he committed himself to reform in his generation, to live for God no matter what. Now I went through the Sabbath school classes this morning and I have come to Sabbath school classes where children are gathering early to study the Word of God and I am amazed at how in depth they are growing in the Bible here and I commend them and their parents for this commitment to our Sabbath schools. just want to say that. Like Josiah, they can be reformers in their generation to bring the world and even parts of our church back to Jesus Christ to be ready for His coming. But, you know, Josiah decided he would have to be a man of action, not a man of words. He would do what God has called him to do. In verse 13 of 2 Kings 23, And the king defiled the high places that were east of Jerusalem, all those places that Solomon had set up with idols and the like. He said, I'm going to knock them down to the south of the Mount of Corruption, it was called, which Solomon the king of Israel built for the Ashtoreth, the abomination of the Sidonians, for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, and for Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. And he broke in pieces the pillars and cut down the Asherim and filled their places with the bones of men. And so the Mount of Olives becomes a place where altars are broken down, where idols are shattered, where bones are scattered on the ground skulls and the like the place of bones number four the Mount of Olives in the Bible is the place of divine rejection departure now how do we know that you know Israel sent so bad that they went into captivity and God sent holy prophets to them to call them back to him And Ezekiel saw in vision an awful sight. He saw the abominations of God's people that would cause Nebuchadnezzar to come and take the city. Look at Ezekiel 8.5. Here we have a picture of the narrative. Then he said to me, son of man, God is speaking to Ezekiel, lift up your eyes now in the direction of the north. So I lifted up my eyes toward the north and behold north of the altar gate and the entrance was here it is the image of jealousy just like that which solomon did over there on the mount of olives look at verse six and he said to me son of man do you see what they're doing now he could do that in our lifetime he could look into our homes he could look into our entertainment racks couldn't he and he could say see what they're doing See the compromise in the home that robs the family of the righteousness of Christ. I mean, there are idols in our time too, are there not? And there are always voices as they say it's okay to sin against God in a social kind of way. Friend, it's not. We must be without fault and blame to be ready for the coming of the Lord in Christ. And so here is the pre existent Christ interacting with a prophet sent to his people to save his people. And he says, son of man, do you see what they're doing? The great abominations that the house of Israel are committing here. And then this is the sad part of the text. This part ought to make your heart break because it's not a God who's trying to manifest its power. It's a God who's trying to show his care and concern. He says to drive me far from my sanctuary, to kick me out of my house, to push me out of the holy place where I was to be with my people. But you will see greater abominations. And then they see worshiping the sun, facing the east, things that God has commanded not to do. And it's a horrible picture. It brings the slaughter of Ezekiel 9 where the man in linen, picture of the preexistent Christ, puts a seal on the forehead, a mark, a towel in Hebrew, which is the sign of the cross on those foreheads of those who will be spared. And then the slaughter begins. It's a picture of the end of time, really the mark of the beast struggle. Now, let go to Ezekiel 10, verse 18. Then the glory of the Lord went forth from the threshold of the house and stood over the cherubim. And the cherubim lifted up their wings and mounted up from the earth in my sight as they went forth with wheels beside them. You see, the ark of God, the heavenly throne of God, is moving out of the sanctuary because they have driven him from his house. And notice what it says. And they stood at the door of the east gate of the house of the Lord. Now, that's the gate that faces the Mount of Olives. And the glory of the God of Israel was over them. God is moving out of His sanctuary. The sad procession like King David through the course of weeping. Now, look at verses 22 and 23 of Ezekiel 11. But as for those whose hearts go after their detestable things and their abominations. Now, here's what God says. I will requite their deeds upon their heads, says the Lord God. And then look what happens to Him. Then the cherubim lifted up their wings with the wheels beside them. This is the heavenly Ark of the Covenant that had hovered over Jerusalem. Right there in the most holy place. And the glory, the Shekinah glory of the God of Israel was over them. Verse 23 is the key verse. And the glory of the Lord went up from the midst of the city, stood upon the mountain which is on the east side of the city. That is the Mount of Olives. The presence of God leaving His sanctuary, coming through the eastern gate, moving up and then from the Mount of Olives, ascending to heaven as the city is left to its doom is the painful picture we see in the book of Ezekiel. Number five, the place of the Mount of Olives is the place where Jesus often led His disciples for prayer, rest, and comfort. A single verse illustrates this, Luke twenty-two thirty-nine, And He came out... And he went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. They followed him. Christ hung out there. It was a special sweet spot in his personal devotional life with God.
2: More with Pastor Michael Tanko in just a moment. Studying the Bible is vital to our lives, and we would like to help you in that process by providing you free Bible study guides. These full-color Bible study guides are available for you right now if you dial this telephone number, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. We would love for you to call and get your copy of these free Bible study guides at any time. That's 888-244-4673. Now more with Pastor Michael Tenko.
1: Place of the Mount of Olives is the place of Jesus' triumphal entry as King. It's very clear. He came over the ridge of the Mount of Olives, down the side of the mountain to the eastern ramp. They went to the eastern gate, and that was his route of entry. Demonstrate this to you. Luke 19, verse 37. As he was now drawing near at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice. And praise God. Now, why would he do that? Why would he come to Jerusalem? This is the Passion Week. Here we are in the celebration of the triumphal entry. Why would he come from the east? Because prophecy was being fulfilled. O you, O Bethlehem of Frotha, Micah 5, who are little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth one for me who is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from everlasting, from days of eternity. That's how English translation reads, but the Hebrew doesn't read that way. It says from eternity, from days of eternity, but in the Hebrew it says from the east. He comes from the east to his holy hill. He comes from the dawn of time. He comes from the rising of the sun, so he must come over the Mount of Olives to Jerusalem to his people as king. And what's the response here? We find the crime that put Him on the cross. It's here recorded. They began to shout with a loud voice, Luke says, mighty works that they had seen. Number verse 38 saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. The King was coming. The Mount of Olives was that place where He broke the view and He descended in the triumphal entry. Number seven. The Mount of Olives is the place Of the oil press. Now that's what Gethsemane means in Aramaic, the oil press. That's where Jesus began to suffer for our sins. That's where the Holy Spirit, see, oil symbolized the Holy Spirit, was pressed out of him by the weight of the sins of the world, the atonement for the sins of the world, your sins, my sins, happened, began to happen in the Mount of Olives in the garden of gethsemane matthew 26 30 and when they had sung a song they went out to the mount of olives matthew 26 36 then jesus went with them to a place called gethsemane as i said it means the oil press and harry's pressured he feels it and he said to the disciples sit here while i go yonder and pray you know when you're under pressure you got to pray right when you're under pressure and there's lots of pressure i mean you watch the news lately and you can see what's happening around you we may have a nuclear event here. I always say that word wrong. You know what I mean? An atom bomb dropped somewhere. In Afghanistan, the mother of all normal bombs was dropped. One mile radius, blast radius. Amazing. And we have no idea what's going to happen in North, South Korea. We are in end-time events, friends. Can't you feel the pressure of it in your personal life? The pressure on your finances, the pressure on your relationships, and even the pressure in the church where we are often tempted to do what the world does instead of loving each other. Now, I want to say this. Last week, I had to be in another church and the Holy Spirit spoke to this congregation through the message that was given. Am I correct? That great exposition on 1 Corinthians 13, love. We must be people of love because we are not loving. And the world's going to get a lot worse. We must be better in the cause of God. So look what it says here. He said, sit here while I go yonder and pray. When there are problems in our lives, problems in the church, you know Jesus does. He prays for us. He prays to His Father as our great high priest that they'll get fixed and we'll be okay too. And taking with Him Peter and two of the sons of Zebedee, He began to be sorrowful and troubled where? On the Mount of Olives, the atonement for our sins. Jesus began to sweat, Luke says, great drops of blood. The Greek is a thrombosis, blood clots begin to come out of his skin. He was shedding his blood for the sins of the world right there on that sacred place, the Mount of Olives. Number eight. Place of the skull. The Mount of Olives was known by some of the early Christians, and we have strong evidence of this, as the place of the skull. It didn't look like a skull. It was called the place of the taxation, and that was a skull count in the time of the Roman Empire. So Golgotha was naturally associated with the Mount of Olives because it was a site for taxation. You counted skulls as you paid your taxes. But more profoundly, among the Jews, it was remembered as the place of Adam's skull. It was told many years preceding the coming of Christ that when Shem had gone with Noah and his two brothers under the ark, that Noah had taken the bones of Adam with him and that he had divided these bones up for his children to take to the ends of the earth. And for Shem, to whom the birthright was given, the sacred opportunity was given to carry Adam's skull to its final resting place. And so many of the Jews, Jewish People believe that Shem is Melchizedek, or at least he's with Melchizedek, and that he buried that skull somewhere near the Temple Mount of Jerusalem. The early Christians associated it with the Mount of Olives. We have evidence for that in Matthew 27:33, and when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of a skull, Mark 15:22, and they brought him to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of a skull. And Luke 23:33 and when they came to the place which is called the skull there they crucified him and the criminals one on the right and one on the left they thought rightly so that Christ died At the place where Melchizedek Sham had delivered the skull of Adam. So thus the two Adams would meet. Thus the one who sinned and the one who did not sin. Thus the one who left God in a garden. The one who would find God and restore the universe to righteousness would also surrender his will in a garden. And so the Garden of Gethsemane becomes the antitype of the failed Garden of Eden where Christ meets at the Mount of Olives. John 19, 17, 19. So they took Jesus... And he went out, bearing his own cross. Notice what it says. To the place called the place of a skull, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha. See, all four Gospels make this point that this is a very important spot. And then they say this. They were crucified with him. Two others, one on either side, Jesus between them. You know, Christ was crucified between the poles of east and west and north and south. He was Crucified in the middle of the human race, where we gather with our need. There he died for us. Pilate also wrote a title and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. So at the triumphal entry, they had proclaimed him king. Pilate recognized the crime. In Roman law, if you claim to be a king and Caesar is the king, and you had not been invested with power, you must be crucified. Now in the second temple period, the time when Jesus died, the law was clear. If you committed such a crime, you would be crucified near the place of your arrest or near the place where the crime was committed or both if they were together. And so that nailed it. Based on Roman law, Christ must be crucified on the Mount of Olives.
2: Thanks for listening today to the first portion of the Mount of Olives and the Mercy Seat. Again, the name of today's broadcast, the Mount of Olives and the Mercy Seat. We hear every day about disasters, troubles, problems, difficulties ahead. We have a small 64 page volume entitled Soul Care that is just filled with practical information on how you can grow as a Christian and even thrive in the tough times ahead. Again, the name of the book is Soul Care, and it's yours right now just for calling. 888 244 HOPE. That's 888 244 4673. You can call that number right now or at any time to receive your free book entitled Soul Care. Call now. Once again, get that telephone number is 888-244-4673, 888-244-HOPE. If you've been inspired by this message and want to partner with us to further spread these messages and keep us broadcasting on the air, then we welcome your partnership. And you can give a donation of any amount. We thank you for your support. If you're in the Washington, D.C. area or passing through, we'd love to welcome you to our church family. Stop by Reaching Hearts International and join us for a worship service every Saturday at 11 o'clock or Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. The address for the church is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. If you're wondering how to get a copy of today's broadcast, You can go to reachingyourheart.com and download a copy or listen right there in on-demand audio format. Again, the address for the website is reachingyourheart.com. Thanks for listening today. We hope you'll join us again next time for another Reaching Your Heart.